Bible Treasures Topic 16 Helping Others Welcome to the Sound Doctrine Telecast. Praise God for all the corrective teaching we receive through these series of talks. The subject we are considering during the last seven weeks has been helping others. Beloved, everyone needs help sometime or other. Everyone must help in some way or other. The topic that we are considering is how not to help. So far we have done seven lessons. Lesson number one. Do not consider charity optional. Lesson number two. Do not think you own anything. Lesson number three. Do not be stingy. Lesson number four. Do not always wait for group action. Lesson number five. Do not be overcautious in choosing the beneficiaries. Lesson number six. Do not confine charity to special occasions. Last week we studied lesson number seven. Do not publicize charity. Today we'll move on to lesson number eight. How not to help. Do not bring the recipients under obligation. Do not bring the recipients under obligation. The first thing that we normally expect from a recipient of help is gratitude. This is right. And this is legitimate. But the end time of this world is known for its ungratefulness. That's what is predicted in 2 Timothy 3rd chapter. First words. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. So many signs are listed here. Look at the second verse, last one, you know what he says. Men will be unthankful. We want to make an observation in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, hardly 10% were grateful. For example, we know a story where 10 lepers were healed. And we can read it in Luke's Gospel, 17th chapter. Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. On the way, they found they were all healed. Only one of them returned. Luke's Gospel, 17th chapter, and we'll read the 15th words. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice he glorified God. But Jesus answered in the 17th words. Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Even in the case of Jesus and even in the healing of leprosy, there was only 10% who were grateful. 
Jesus did not expect an expression of gratitude to elect himself. On the other hand, he was referring to glorifying God. So, beloved, if somebody thanks you and shows some gratitude, accept it gracefully. But don't hold grudge if there is a failure. Don't show it next time that person comes to you for help. Don't bring people under an obligation that whoever has been blessed by you must start doing things which please you. Now that is not the attitude of God. That is a very interesting text in book of Acts 14th chapter. Read verses 16 and 17. In bygone generations, he allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that. He did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. You see, even though he let people go as they liked and not according to his pleasure, he was still doing good to them, he was giving them rain, and he was giving them fruitful season, and making them glad. You know, that is a name given to our God in the context of giving. Have you noticed it? Turn with us to the book of James, first chapter, and look at the fifth verse. He is a God who gives all men liberally without reproach. When he gives, it is without reproach. What does it mean? No grudging, and no fault finding, and no displeasure, no bitterness, and he does not make them feel guilty. This is the spirit of God which we all should imbibe. God does not want any man or any woman to live under obligation. That is why we have a scriptural admonition in book of Romans 13th chapter. The 8th verse. Oh, no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. You know what is the reason? It is given in the ninth verse. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. What does it mean? We ourselves would not like to come under any obligation, isn't it? The same way, don't expect others also to be obliged to you. And there is a Tamil proverb like this. The borrower is a slave to the lender. Let that not be there in Christian charity. God urges us to free all men from whatever obligation let it be. That's what he has taught us in the Lord's Prayer. Lord's Prayer is there in Matthew's Gospel and Luke's Gospel. What Jesus has said in both these places. Look at the twelfth verse. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now come to Luke's Gospel 11th chapter. Look at the fourth words. 
Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. You know, in both these instances, in both these places where the Lord's Prayer is said, the reference is primarily to debts and debtors. But we have conveniently changed these words into trespasses and trespassers. Even though trespasses are implied in this passage, the primary application is to debts and debtors. Yes, beloved, the biblical teaching is that we must help the people in need without expecting any hope of return. Turn with us to 1 Corinthians 10 chapter, we look at a few verses. Look at the 24th words. No one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. There should be no selfish attitude. We should always think of the well-being of other people. Paul wrote like that. He exemplified himself for this character. Turn with us to 2 Corinthians 12th chapter. Look at the 15th words. I will very gladly spend... And be spent for your souls, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. The more I love you, but in turn you love me the less. That's not going to stop me from helping you. I'm going to spend for you. And I have nothing to spend, I will spend myself for you. What a glorious example and a challenge to us, beloved. This is where the scribes and Pharisees failed. They were praying for widows, even made long prayers. Their eye was on their purse. Beloved, never take advantage of anyone's weakness or manipulate that person. Now that's a warning that is given to us in Romans 12th chapter. Look at the eight words. The last line it says, He who shows mercy, let him do it with cheerfulness. And the very next verse says, Love me without hypocrisy. In other words, we should show mercy without any other motives. And there is another important point we want to make here. Suppose you help a poor man. Don't ever speak roughly to that man. Turn with us for a warning that is given to us in book of Proverbs 18th chapter. Look at the 23rd words. A poor man uses entreaties, but the rich answers roughly. Let that not be told about us like that. Never refer and remind someone of the help that has been rendered by you to that person in the past. Beloved, we want to also make another reference to how God's heart is always for freeing people. You know, there was a system of slavery in the Old Testament. And God says, even you should let the slave go free. And he says, when you let him go free, give him a lot of goodies and send him. 
Turn with us to the book of Deuteronomy 15th chapter. Read from verse 12. If your brother a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year you shall let him go free from you. When you send him away free from him, you shall not let him go away empty-handed. Fourteenth words, you gave him from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press. And God says in verse 18, It shall not seem hot to you when you send him away free from you. You know, see the heart of God. Consistently all through the scriptures, the God of the Bible has been teaching these lessons. Another point we want to add here. Maybe several times we are helping people spiritually. Like for example, a backslider. And you are helping him to come back from backsliding. What should be your attitude? Look at verses 19 and 20 of book of James 5th chapter. Brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save us all from death and cover a multitude of sins. In other words, when you help a backslider unto restoration, don't go about broadcasting his sins. You try to cover his sins and you save that person. This is a truth that runs all through the New Testament. Even if there is a rebuke, the rebuke has to be very gentle. Turn with us to the book of Psalms, 141st chapter. Here is what David says in the fifth verse. If let the righteous strike me, it shall be kindness. Let him reprove me, it shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. You know, even the rebuke, here he says, it will be like applying an ointment on my head. And when you are restoring a backslider, he might have shared so much of confidential information with you. Don't ever use it as a whip against him. Never ever threaten him as to what you can do with those secrets. That's not the spirit of Christ. Another point we want to add here. Suppose somebody has been working against you. And he comes to you for help. Don't make him feel guilty. Hey, you worked against me. Now you have come to me for help. Don't ever say it. Take the attitude of Joseph. When Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, you know what he told them? Turn with us to the book of Genesis 45th chapter. In the fourth words we see he was revealing himself to his brothers. And what he told them in verse 5? Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Don't get angry with yourself that you did like that to me. Don't ever think about it. 
God allowed it and God brought me here earlier to bless you with bread. Now when we are talking about helping people, that means involving ourselves in the suffering of other people. Involving is alright, but interference should be avoided. We should not unnecessarily interfere into the family efforts. Many families are divided and broken because of unwise counselors. And we want to close with the concluding thoughts. We should not expect anything from someone whom we help at the same time. If they offer you some help, don't be egoistic and don't refuse it. Accept it politely. They also will be pleased. Did not Jesus use others' donkey? Did he not sail in others' boat? Did he not feast in somebody else's upper room? God at times uses poor people to save us in a crisis. That is given there in book of Ecclesiastes 9th chapter. Read verses 14 and 15. There was a little city with few men in it. A great king came against it, besieged it, built great snares around it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man. He, by his wisdom, he delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that same poor man. People always feel too proud to accept help from poor people. That is arrogance. As much as you rejoice in helping others, you should also be graceful in accepting help from others. Another important truth. Suppose you help a person. Don't stop him from accepting help from another person. Let him be free. You might not be able to meet all his needs. You might have helped him to some extent. And another person also might help him. Don't keep on asking details. Who gave it? How do you know? All these unnecessary questions. Beloved, we should rise above all this carnal attitude. Only then our charity will be acceptable before God. How not to help? Do not bring the recipients under obligation. God bless you.